You are listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. What do they call it? Do they call that beatboxing or something like that. Beat, what? Are they, what's the term? Beatbox. Beatbox. Okay. He's trying to be a beatbox. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a beatboxer. I can tell. I, yeah, I can't. terrible. I know. I, I stink. Brown he's, chicken, he's, brown everybody, cow. Everybody just turned off the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my shower, that sounds so good. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend who who kind of looked into this and like he would he was telling me that one of the ways that they do it is the it's called boots in the pants. 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 <laughs> Actually, in uh, eighth grade, okay, <laughs> we used to have rap competitions and. At the playground, and um, really, I beatbox for the rappers. I see. Mm. This is the stuff I come to learn about. Right here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> this is where this where the real info is. Yeah, that was. Uh, I actually wasn't too bad. Um, so what are we here? What are we doing here? What well, you know, last week we talked about fruit of a Christ follower and how to find that fruit and how to see that fruit. How I to, remember that. Right? Seems a um, long time ago. Seems like a long time ago. So I thought this week we could talk about how do we deal with all the hypocrites? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Uh, serious. You know, yeah. So many, um, so many Christians out there are saying they're Christians, but doing things of the world. And people that hear about their Christianity see this and call them nothing but a hypocrite. Right. So let's dive into that in a little bit here. But... Uh, First, we're, we're going to do get things cooking with something else. We're going to get kick things cooking. We're going to kick off with songs. We're going to kick off with news. Oh, news. news. Okay, it's, it's up to me. All right. News with Nathan. And uh, are you ready, sir? Of course, I would have closed the link I needed. Give me just about 10 seconds here. I mean, I sent you a um, <laughs> outline. <laughs> well, I guess the outline well, no, didn't I, say I, news. No, no. I, he said he shut it down. I shut it down. <laughs> I had a link. I just didn't close it too soon. Shut it down. You got music on there anyway, don't you? It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor. What was that? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I'm Arnold. trying to think of the movie. T- somebody. T- oh, you know what? I never did find out. Kindergarten cop. Kindergarten cop. Kindergarten cop. Okay, I'm ready. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor. Um, I, Put the cookie down. Last, <laughs> last week, I was supposed to re- find out what that movie was. I was thinking of. And I never did. Oh, yeah. That's something about ambulances and... Chasing ambulances. <laughs> Chasing crime scenes. I, we think it... Well, actually, Nathan and I got together afterwards, and we decided that it was definitely a dream. It's not real. It's real. <laughs> I want to find out what it is. It's we not. actually didn't. That, I was making that up. All right. <laughs> News with Nate. Nate's giving me the evil eye. So, news with Nate. Uh, 
You know, I love when I'm able to bring you actually good news. It's one of my favorite things to do for this particular session. No, wait a minute. You're doing news and it's going to be positive? Yeah, especially with that intro, right? It, it just, it's completely the opposite of the tone. Well, I just, I, it's hard to find positive news anywhere. So thank you. It's almost impossible. It is, is difficult to find positive news, but I'm if you look hard enough, you'll find some. Here. But with God, everything is possible. So, yeah. Yes. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a little, uh, a little PG thirteen here and say, does your pastor have a good set of balls on them? <laughs> okay, I don't know because you have to look at this world and the world that we're in. And my mom has listened to this podcast. Then <laughs> she know it's not your mom's podcast. <laughs> not your mom's podcast, right? Um, but but if your pastor doesn't have the balls necessary to stand up against the world and the direction it's going, your pastor isn't worth his weight and salt. I'm going to come right out and say that because you've got to stand against so much today that that's just wrong. And, you know, in light of all these COVID-19 shutdowns that happened last year, there were very few churches that that basically put their foot in the, in the ground and said, no, I, you're not shutting me down. Um, even our little church, we shut down for a few weeks because our pastor actually got sick, and I, I did too, right? But I mean, that's yeah, that's felt a different bad thing. Going when I actually had it, yeah, it seemed kind of negative. But within weeks, I mean, I think it was less than four weeks or or something like we that. got back. Yeah, we quick. got back real quick. Yeah, um, and we were we were actually really early to open our doors. Oh yeah, and go back into indoor or in person services. But I got to give credit to. Credit where credit's due, because uh, John MacArthur's church out in California, um, basically, it's, it's called Grace Community Church. They said no, and they refused to let the state shut them down. And the state was vindictive in their attempts to try to get them to comply, because they wanted, they wanted to flex their muscles and, and basically show the churches that, hey, what you think doesn't matter. But John MacArthur, like I mentioned earlier, he's got a set of balls on him. And he said no. And then dared to stand and fight. Amazingly, the state backed down and he was able to win in court. And basically the state and also two, two, different, uh, two different bodies. First is the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. And then the, um, the state of California both agreed to pay the church $400,000 each because of the, the force that they put them through and, and because they had to fight. Now, the way that the whole settlement worked out, the church didn't get anything that went to the lawyers. Um, that was just basically their way of saying, hey, we're not here to make money or take anything from the state. This is just, we want, we want to stand for our rights. Right. That takes balls. That's a good pastor right there, right? Is your pastor taking a stand on anything like that? No. Rick, That's not what's true. up with that? That's not <laughs> I'm true. Kidding. Rick has been very... I'm kidding. He takes stands. I'll give him that. That's one of the reasons why we were back in person as quick as we were. So that's my that's, right. uh, that's my news with Nate. He's like, this week. heck with you guys. I am Way holding to go, church John. service. Way to go, John. No, you know, that's, uh, that is very exciting. And I think uh, it, it isn't just about, you know, it, 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 as much as, yes, kudos to the pastor. And of course, the pastor is leading the church. But, uh, you know, we're all going to get opportunities to stand up and do the right thing and make choices that are counter cultural, counter whatever. And we are certainly supposed to follow our government until that government starts to cause us to do things that really aren't right or to keep us from doing things that are right. And at that point, we've got to be we've got to be willing to stand up. So good job, John. You got to look at Peter. I mean, when the law basically told Peter you're not allowed to preach, he said, "Okay," and went ahead and preached. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did really jail come, time. It, it doesn't matter. He's like, oh, send me to jail time for prison ministry, right? Right. Um, 
the funny thing is, is when you look at it, obedience to God is disobedience to tyrants. It's that simple. Yeah. When these people are, are, are in power and they're going to try to tell you that you cannot do what Christ has compelled you and, and, and ordered us to do, then it's time to be disobedient. Right. And, you know, I have to tell you, that mindset is a little crazy because I never, growing up, I never thought of being a Christian as being rock and roll. And <laughs> today, being a Christian is rock and roll because yeah. you're standing against the system. You're standing against the the direction of, of everything. And you're saying, no, you change. Well, and think about what time we're in. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. We are, we are without a doubt in the last days. Now, how many are left? I don't know, but we certainly are without a doubt in the last days. And you would think that in the last days, the church is going to be really going countercultural. If they weren't before, they are now. And counter government, you know, everything is going to be working against us. And so, you know, now is a time for us to stand strong and to uh, to have a strong backbone and be willing to follow Christ no matter where it leads us. So good, good. That's a great story. And uh, I pray that more churches and more, and when I say church, I mean people of God, uh, that they will stand up. I'm going to take a moment right there and say, when you hear the words, the church, I'm talking about you. No, don't look over your shoulder. Yes, you, you, that person that's listening right now, that's who I'm talking about. You are the church. Mm-hmm. So it's time for games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Spin the wheel. I want to take this off real quick. You have any, would you rather questions? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm not doing this. Okay. Yes, yes. I just can't start until I hear the appropriate would you rather beginning. (laughs) Would you? There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So a little would you rather, eh? Well, I have some questions for us here. So um, I guess we'll just jump right into it. So would you rather wrestle all night with God or be uh, or be temporarily struck blind by Jesus, then healed per his instructions? So obviously we're talking about the Apostle Paul and we're talking about Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God all night long until he tweaked his hip. <laughs> And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, that was quite an experience to have. I'm not, you know, wrestling with God. Wow. What is that all about? And then of course, fast forward a few years and we see Paul who meets Jesus on the road to Damascus and he is struck blind and then told to go into the city and do, you know, see a certain person so he can get his sight back. So, I mean, he literally heard Jesus' voice. So, and so, and and also, in fact, Jacob said he called this. I can't remember. He called this place blah 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 because he saw the face of God and was allowed to live. Amazing stuff. So, would you rather wrestle with God all night long or be struck blind and healed per Jesus's instructions? Take it away. Oh, you want to start with me? Sure. I mean, I'm not in charge. I guess he could overrule me, but I. It's a good question. Sustained. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I would rather wrestle with God because number one, that's pretty cool. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to (laughs) say. It's only going to cost you your hip. I don't, 
but the whole purpose of why he wrestled with him. We, we can't lose sight of that. He wanted a blessing and he knew that he could give him a blessing. So he's like, I'm not letting go until you give me my blessing. And the Lord basically strikes his hip, but gives him his blessing, which is really cool. I mean, how often do we struggle in prayer until we get our blessing? That's wrestling with God. Yeah, I suppose it is. So what will it be, Chase? I've been playing for the same thing for years and still... No dice. <laughs> I don't think hair is in your future, Jason. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> well, see, he compensates with a nice beard. Yeah. That's, gotcha. that's you know, he has a very attractive beard, people. Just gonna, a very attractive I'm going to grow it out for the winter. I might have to start growing mine again here pretty soon. <laughs> Oh, I didn't notice you went to a goatee. Yeah, I've been. I've had a goatee now for a couple of months. Meh. Eh. That's months. Funny. That's funny because the last mm-hmm. time we talked about this, I had the goatee and you had the beard. That's right. And now we've swapped, yep. and I now have a beard and you have a goatee. That's right. How did I just notice months? I don't think so. It's because you're a man. Men don't notice this kind of stuff. That's true. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. You know, he could, it, you guys could be sitting here naked, and I wouldn't know the difference. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we're not. Uh. Or are we? <laughs> okay. Um, I guess <clears throat> I'll, I'll go blind. Why? <laughs> I, 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 neither sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of would you rather. But with the blindness, I have a guarantee that I will be unblind once I do what he says. Do you? That's what he says. Did he say? Well, oh, it he, just said in, in yeah. Paul's case, yeah. Well, in this case, that you would, we're reliving. You, you're okay. either going to be Jacob or Paul, so yeah, right. you know it's coming. I know it's coming. All right, you know it's coming. So right. yeah, you'll take temporary blindness. I'll take temporary blindness over a permanent over yeah, limp. Yeah, I already have a permanent limp. <laughs> I don't want two of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go blind for. So Christ. yeah, so I'm going to answer kind of in the flesh. Really, I, I can't. I have to answer in the flesh because, uh, like, one of my biggest fears is going blind, and it's not because I I fear not being able to see. It's because I struggle with vertigo, and whenever I'm struggling with vertigo, sight is the thing that keeps me from wigging out completely. Mm-hmm. And so I've, uh, you know, in fact, when I'm in the shower and experience a little vertigo and it happens to be the time that I'm rinsing my face off and hair and I got to keep my eyes closed. I mean, that, that time that I have to keep my eyes closed seems like an eternity. So, I mean, the thought of being blind for even a day is completely, it freaks me out. So as much as I don't really like the thought of wrestling with God, he did leave with a blessing and you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to say wrestling with God in this case, just because of that kind of a fleshly answer there. Yeah. I can imagine God would pin you pretty quickly. <laughs> you know what? But if you told somebody you went around with Mike Tyson, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. You, went, you went around, <laughs> you went around say? with God. <laughs> wow. And you are amazing. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. T's got nothing on you, buddy. Right. I pity the fool. Right. So let's see. Um, would you rather take the Christ following path? And I got to think this through for a moment because it's going to be a little tough one. Would you rather take the Christ following path of Paul, which obviously led him to have to do a lot of work, shipwrecked, bitten, lots of stuff going on, imprisoned, house arrest, all that, but obviously a good walk with God. Or would you rather take, would you rather have the Christ following path of the thief on the cross instantly gone? Poof. You're with, you're with Jesus. 
Um, I'll go with Paul. Why? Well, the thief, I imagine, lived. I mean, they both lived. At least with Paul, you got, yeah, some some crummy situations, but it was worth it. You got to do some good. Yeah. You know, you, you got put in bad situations because of your belief. And it was so strong that it didn't matter what situation they put you in. I mean, is that the way I went? Maybe that's not what I wanted to say. Let me reword that. You were put into horrible situations for all the right reasons. Yeah. I would rather go to prison preaching Christ than stealing bread. Well, I I think the point of the question, though, is simply, you know, would you rather have to walk, you know, have a long struggle or just immediately see the fruit? It's not about what he did in the past. Well, they were both sinners. One was a thief and one was killing Christians, you know, or at least. But you didn't say the path of Saul. You said the path of Paul. So is this post or pre Paul? (laughs) (laughs) This is Paul. This is just Paul. Just after, after After Saul's conversion. So in other words, the, the, the thief, he became a Christ follower. And then and, and spent about five minutes and then he was in heaven. Where well, okay, maybe a little longer than that. But Paul, he became a Christ follower and he had a pretty long path ahead of him and had to serve him and do a, a lot, lot of stuff. suffering. Yeah, a, lot, a of lot of suffering went in there. So, you know, this is about uh, how willing are you to sacrifice or how excited are you to get to heaven? I'm still with Paul, man. So okay. I'm I'll yeah. take I'll take the other the I'm kinda gonna take both positions here because mm-hmm. number one, my flesh is like you mean I get I get to go quickly right <laughs> you know like i'm straight in the door right i don't have to go through all the crap deal with a whole lot of suffering real intensely for x period of time and then you're immediately in i mean it was less than less than three days for the thief to probably die on the on the cross right uh, well they broke his legs by the end of the day so yeah, it, so it was it was, it was pretty it was quick, fast pretty right? quick yeah it brutal but efficient mm, yeah um or the option of Paul. So my flesh is like, I'll take the easy path. I'll, I'll go through the, the intense suffering very quickly. But at the same time, do I get to choose, since Paul was a murderer, do I get to choose who to murder before coming to Christ? Because <laughs> I have to admit, my flesh is, I've thought those lines in the past, right? And most people have. So if you think of it in terms of that, you can see the long struggle might be worth it. Yeah. So you're taking... I'm taking both positions. Nice. I don't think you well, can you, do that. I don't think would you rather works that way. You've got to pick one. Well, you know what? I'm making my own rules. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't know what to do now. I, I feel like... He can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he stole an extra couple thousand dollars out of the Monopoly pile. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he cheated at the game. I don't know how to how to proceed. What Dogs you like and to cats do? living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just go on and share mine. Uh, I would, I you know, boy, I'll tell you the the flesh part of me would obviously I'd love to just go right to heaven, boy, just to just to be over, you know, just to be done with the suffering, you know, uh, and, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying I want to leave my family and kids. I'm, you know, if I was in Paul's position, we have to kind of get in his position, um, or in the thief's position, I would obviously like to go, but honestly, the more I, you know, the more I know, the more I realize that so much satisfaction and so much fulfillment comes out of doing the things that God asks us to do. 
And quite honestly, selfishly, I wouldn't want to give those up. You know, Paul, yeah, he suffered a lot, but you know he was blessed. When you when you are so on fire for God, even in the midst of persecution and suffering and being without, that you say, you know what? I don't care what you do to me. I love God so much. If you send me to him, yay. And if you don't, I get to serve him. Yay. I mean, it was just, you know, he just it was just amazing to be that on fire and Certainly to go through uh, the conversion as he did, you know, we referred to it a minute ago, you know, being able to be called by God to go do something and then do it and have that fulfillment and satisfaction. Yeah, I wouldn't give that up. Besides that, he's got some rewards in heaven. You know, we we forget that there are rewards in heaven. And I don't, I I admit, I don't think about them a lot, but it... (laughs) You know, it'd be nice to have those, you know? Yeah. So I think definitely we can say the thief escaped as one escaping through the flames, right? Yeah. So I'll take Paul. Let me ask you a question, Nathan. Let's say you're saved right now. I just saved you by telling you about Jesus. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I'm going to ask you a question. That was very nice of you, Jason. You look so excited. Would you rather go and preach and save millions of people from eternal damnation, or would you rather be hanging on this cross and break your legs until you die? So you're taking a more theological perspective here, like uh, in terms of bearing fruit seems to be a recurring topic. (laughs) Didn't we just go over that a week ago? Would you rather be responsible of the salvation of millions or nothing? I'm going to take, I'm going to take the path of obedience. I'll do whatever God tells me to. Good answer. (laughs) I think he just stole another $2,000 from Monopoly pile and I don't like it. (laughs) He passed go and collected $200 and still stole some. If I am, if, if I am being obedient, and I go and uh, God uses me a la Paul to reach millions. I'm going to be a pretty happy dude in heaven. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But if I'm on the thief on the cross and I know I'm going to hell, I'm going to be pretty happy in heaven. It's true. Either way, it leads to heaven and that's good. So I guess there isn't a wrong answer, I suppose. And that's kind of the whole point of this. I don't think the thief knew there was a hell. The thief would have been a Jewish man and likely a Jewish man. And the Jewish people do believe in a eternal punishment. Yeah. And we're taught that at young ages, typically their, their culture drove them to church, even if they didn't abide by it. So probably he did. And until Jesus, that'd be a good guess. There was no possibility of a salvation. I will tell you for him to recognize Christ as who he was, he would have had to have a certain amount of Jewish training. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was a Jewish man. Okay. So we we're just dissecting this all, all to bits. So let's close out with an easy one. Would you rather, well, I don't know if this is an easy one. Would Would you rather be the rich man who spoke with Jesus about how to enter the kingdom of God or be the widow who put her last coin in the offering basket? I'll take that one. I'll be the widow because the guy who was a rich man, he turned out to be a complete tool bag. Well, you wouldn't have to. So in other words, the goal, the thing is, would you rather be rich and have to have to work through that so that you could get to heaven and be able to give it up? Or would you rather be the poor lady who didn't really have that struggle? But then again, he had a good life and she probably had one of poverty. So either way, you could make it to heaven. I mean, I'm not saying you can't go to heaven. It's just uh, I'm, I'm sticking saying, by my answer. Would you rather... Would you rather be that rich man and be in his condition or in her condition? There's no right or wrong answer here. 
I <clears throat> would you like me to answer first with the help? I mean, I'm not struggling with an answer. Oh, okay. I'm struggling with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Like I have no idea what you said. <laughs> we have two people. Okay, let me just let me bring this back. Just make it very simple. We have two people. One is a rich man who Jesus just got done telling him, "You're rich and you got all this wealth, but you might struggle you gotta with, give being, it up, right? with being a Christ follower because you got to learn to give it up, but you have some comfort." Okay. On the other hand, we have a widow who Jesus observes she's putting in her one little, whatever, widow's mite, and she puts in the offering basket and he says, look at that woman. She's poor and she's given more than all these other people. Why? Because she's given up the last of what she has. So we know she's poor. We know she's completely poor, but obviously she's being commended by Jesus. I will be the widow. I would too. That's... It's quite a quite a big deal to get a compliment from God. But I'll also add this. Um, every single person that's living in America is in the top 10% of the wealth. I don't care how poor you are. You are in the top 10% of wealth in all the world. Yeah, that's you funny. You are it's, a rich man. It's right. funny that you jumped on that because that's what I was going to say at the end of this is that, you know, the funny thing is we kind of all are in that and we have to choose because I will tell you my answer is definitely I'd rather be that widow. And, and not that I don't want worldly wealth, because that guy was, he was, he had worldly wealth, and can world, people with worldly wealth go to heaven? Absolutely. But it's difficult, because we have so many things that are pulling us in the other direction. And you know what? I'd rather be poor and not have all of the um, temptations. I'd rather not have to struggle with that. I'd rather be poor here. I'd rather, I'd rather die of starvation on, on this earth and go to heaven than to be happy for just a few years and risk hell. So yeah, as much as I'd like to have wealth because, hey, face it, wealth is cool. I mean, you can have, do some good things with it. It's not necessarily evil. Money's not evil. It's the love of money. It's evil. But I just know, I, I don't think I can handle it all. And I know I'd be buying things that I shouldn't. And I know when God would say, give it up, I wouldn't want to. And so I'd rather just be that widow and just not have to even worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll struggle for a little while, but it's all going to come out. It's all going to, I'm going to have money in heaven. Right. I mean, well, not money, but wealth. Like you said, we're not poor. And if you're broke, that's just poor management. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it, 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 <clears throat> Like you said, even the poorest people here in America are, are rich in comparison. If we went to those countries where the people are the poorest, we would be like royalty rich. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, right. because of the the money is different there. Right. It uh, goes a long way. Um, there definitely are poor people in America. Uh, in comparison, yes, they are rich. But in comparison to you got a guy who lives in this block that has a $500,000 house and two Mercedes Benzes and doesn't ever even think about if he's going to get his bills paid. And you come down two blocks and take a right and you got a guy that works 60 hours a week and can barely make ends meet and he lives right. in a trailer that's falling apart. Yeah. Certainly a difference. There's yeah. certainly a difference. And yeah. um, I, I don't know where I wanted to go with that, but. Well, I think, you know, the point Nate was just making, and uh, we'd need to wrap this up, I suppose. But the point is really this, that um, we sometimes forget that we still have a lot of good stuff. We still have a lot of things that can keep us from making good choices. We still have enough that sometimes we don't want to give it up for the Lord. And Jesus said this, he said, if you want to be my follower, you've got to give up everything. That doesn't mean we just sell all our stuff and go sit in the street naked. It means that we have to give him control. And that's what the rich man wasn't willing to do. He wasn't willing to say, okay, it's, it's yours, God. He wanted to take control of it. You know, the widow didn't have that. Mm -hmm. She didn't have that, um, 
internal turmoil. <laughs> she didn't have anything to give. And what she did have, she was willing to give up. She right. had that one widow's might that could have been, she could have bought food or whatever. Instead, she says, no, I want to give it to God. Yeah. It's all a state of the heart. Yeah. And I picked her because I've been there. I mean, I've given my last dollar to God and I was blessed for it. He gave it back to me twice. <laughs> The money that I put in, gave it back to me. I gave it away again. He gave it back to me. I gave it away again. He gave it back to me. He's like, that is a biblical promise. It's a, that is a biblical promise that if you, if you give, he will not only see that you've got enough, but he will give you more so that you will have more to give again. And it's just, he wants to be a conduit. Uh, he wants you to be a conduit of his resources to the poor and the needy. Right. While that is a good principle, okay, there is a lot of churches that abuse that principle, particularly with the prosperity gospel. Right. And that's for the wrong reasons. For that's right. for self-gain. And what my experience was, was not prosperity. It no, was. It is, it's a good principle to, to give because the Bible says, do not tempt, do not test your God. Right. But there's one area where he right. says, test me on this. Yeah. And, and it's in giving. And I wasn't doing it to get rewarded. I wasn't doing it in the thought he's going to multiply this money. Right. This it is didn't even cross my sex. mind. Yeah. This is just seeing it. It was because yeah. it was church. I give tithe. I didn't have a lot, but I gave it anyway. I knew I would be okay. I had paychecks coming. I wasn't like, oh crap, I'm going to turn my electric off. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen. My bills are paid, but I, I may have needed it, but I didn't care. I just trusted God that if I did need it, he would take care of it. And then he does. And he did. God is amazing. So, so that leads us on to today's topic, right? What is today's topic again? I forget. <laughs> Hypocrisy. <laughs> Hypocrisy. All right. Well, that's a fun topic. Are you in a hurry? No. <laughs> so what are you doing this for? Because you're going to run, you wanted to do it in under an hour. <laughs> oh, we're only at 30 minutes. Okay. I know, but we still have the whole topic to discuss and everything it's a, else. Assume that'll it's, be a, cut. It's, a, it's a quick topic. <laughs> it is a quick topic. So hypocrisy. So, you know, hypocrisy, that's, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Jason, that uh, Jesus was really hard on people that live like hypocrites. He really was. And uh, in fact, it goes, it, it started with the Pharisees. He said, you know, you guys act all religious, but you're just whitewashed tombs. You're, you know, what is a whitewashed tomb? You're, you're, you look good on the outside, but inside you're just full of dead men's bones. So he was hard on him. And then, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, the church of Laodicea. There, there's, uh, they're, they're hypocrites. Now he didn't use the word hypocrite, but he said, y'all, you got one foot in the church and you got one foot in, you know, in the world and you haven't decided. And you know what I want to do with you? I want to spit you out of my mouth like lukewarm water. Mm -hmm. You disgust me. Make a choice. Decide. Get on the right. Get on the left. Get on, you know, whatever. Choose me or choose, you know, hell. Make your choice. And I know a lot of folks, uh, and I've heard pastors actually teach, well, both both sides are Christians because God would never, ever teach. He would never say, I would rather you be hot being a God, you know, Christ follower or be cold going to hell. He would never say, I want you to go to hell. I don't think that's what he was saying. I think what he was saying is that what I don't want you to do is say that you are a Christ follower and live the life of someone who's not because that turns off people that makes it sets a bad example for your church. It sets a bad example for your kids who you're trying to raise in the ways of the Lord. 
it, it also says to the world that this is what it means to be a Christian, and it turns them off. Um, you know, we, in fact, we were just talking about this earlier. Uh, what is that? Uh, you've quoted that uh, yeah, from that the quote? DC Talk. Uh, they did a song. I can't even remember the name of the song, but they did, it was on the Jesus Freak album, and they used a little clip was right from Billy Graham. <laughs> Um, what was it? Uh, oh, 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 it's in my head. Um, what if I stumble? What if I fall? Yeah, that was a song, I believe. Probably was. I remember that. And one. Billy Graham did a little, they did a little thing. And what did he say? I don't know if it was Billy Graham. But oh, I thought it was. Maybe it was. Maybe I could be wrong. I can't remember. But the single know. greatest cause of atheism in the world today are Christians who worship Jesus with their lips, but not with their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Right. I, and I think that's exactly what Jesus was trying to say. He was saying, you know, make your choice. I'd, if you know, I want you to be a Christ follower. I want you in heaven. But if, if you're not going to choose that, then just, just choose the world. And at least you'll enjoy yourself while you're here because and when you get to hell, you'll know why you're there. Um, hypocrisy can really lead people to yeah well yeah it can make them not want to go to church it can make them just you know so you know what do you say to that what do we say to all that well i would tell you that there's a couple of different ways to look at this number one the reason why jesus was so upset with the the ones he was calling the hypocrites which were the pharisees the mm-hmm. and the uh mm-hmm. sanhedrin was because they were supposed to be his representatives mm-hmm. they were supposed to be the ones who stood up so in the church, um, we should be looking to, we should be unassailable when it comes to the church. But the reality is the church is full of hypocrites because the church is full of sinners. And the church is a hospital for broken people. That's really what it is. You're going to have sinners and hypocrites at church. It's the same, it's the same principle as if you go to, if you go to the gym and you see a fat guy running on a treadmill, are you going to be upset with him because he's a fat guy at the, at the gym? No, he's there to make himself better. Right. Actually, you get more upset when you see everybody's in good shape and you're the only one who's fat. It's like, (laughs) why are you still coming here? You look great. You're already done. It's me who needs this. That's like bacon bread and it's perfectly done, but you leave it in the oven. (laughs) So I'll also add this, you know. There are a lot of people who are like, I'm not going to go to church. It's a place full of hypocrites. That's BS. What that is, is that's a person who doesn't want to change their life. Now, BS, just for your for our listeners, stands for bologna sandwich. Exactly. Okay. Right. Exactly what I mentioned. Just want to make sure that y'all get that. Anyway, sorry. Bologna sandwich. Continue on. So m- most people who tell you, I'm not going to go to church because it's full of hypocrites, they're a hypocrite too. I mean, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like, come on down. If that's the only thing stopping you, we got room for one more. Right. Um. But the reality is most of the time when people are claiming that they're not going to go to church because that's where hypocrites are, they're saying, I recognize that I don't want to change. And rather than saying that I'm the problem, they're going to cast right. the problem on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you have to consider the source a little bit when it comes to hypocrisy. Right. Yep. So c- Christian means like Christ. Be like Christ. Little Christ. Little Christ. Yeah. Be like Christ. Be as Christ is, was, is, and will be. <laughs> um, so if you're not there, perhaps not call yourself a Christian yet. Perhaps. If you're not. If where? you're not a, like Christ. Okay. So if you're not like Christ, don't call yourself a don't Christian. Don't call yourself a Christian. That's Christian true. training, possibly. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to be. Given your life to I'm Christ. trying to be like Christ. I'm trying to be a Christian. Yeah, I'm not everybody. there yet. Do not look. 
everybody's at a different behind the curtain. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think he's got. I think he's got a point here. I mean, I do are, have a point here. There, are, there are some people that truly do know th- that they're not living the life. They're not living oh, their yeah. life. So you Agreed. know, don't call yourself a Christian. Don't raise. Don't carry that flag. Don't give Christianity a bad name because you're not there yet. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna go around the world and tell people I'm a chef when I can't cook. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and there's many chefs. Speaking of that, <laughs> that shouldn't call themselves chefs, <laughs> um, uh, because they give us all a bad name. It's like sometimes I'm like, yeah, what do you do for that? I'm a chef, but I'm a, I'm actually one of the good ones. <laughs> I care about your food. I care about your food. Um, I'm not heating up frozen dinners and calling myself a chef, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't go out drinking and, and being sexually immoral and curse and this and that and the other. And then say, Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm going to church this Sunday. It doesn't work. It's like, don't do those things and then tell people because then you have something they can look up to and follow and want to be like set a good example for the Christian world. And until you do that, just keep your trap shit (laughs) and keep working on yourself a little bit more. Um, John MacArthur, uh, there's a quote by John MacArthur. He says, um, you may be the only Bible that people read. Very true. Jesus. Uh, well, I think it was actually, it wasn't Jesus. Um, oh my, forget. I, I don't even remember who said it, but they said, uh, they were, I think it was Paul actually talking about how we are all Christ's ambassadors. You know, we're, we're ambassadors. When you, when you go, uh, I was in Germany for a while and I realized when I was in the military and I realized that people in Germany, they only knew, they only knew about America through the GIs that were over there. And so they looked at us and they determined how they felt about Americans. And of course, that really made me sad because, you know, this in, in when I was in the military, these guys would get away from their mom and dads for the first time and and they they get into the military where you can drink and then they go over to Germany where, you know, little kids can drink and where alcohol is abundant, where uh, prostitution is legal, um, and they would just go and make a mess of themselves. And they just, I would think, this is, please, Germans, don't think this is what Americans are like, <laughs> you know. And I think sometimes we do that. You know, we, we live a life that is just so out of anything that would could be called a Christ follower. And then we go raise that banner and we wear our Jesus shirts and we put a, you know, put a fish on the back of our car as we, you know, drive down the road and, and use our driving fingers to tell somebody that they're number one when they cut you off. <laughs> and it just, you know, that that's just not good. So, you know, it's, it kind of starts well, with us. If you're a, if you're going to church and you're not quite there yet, just say, Hey, I'm, I'm a seeker. I'm still looking. If you're, uh, you know, if you really believe that you have crossed the line, then live a life that is worthy of the calling in which yeah, you've been called. Exactly. That is certainly biblical. We are to be holy as God is holy. And so, you know, I think the moral of the story here is certainly as, as, um, as Nate said, you know, first of all, if you're not, if you're not quite there yet, or you're investigating the claims of Christ, or you're thinking about it, or somebody's encouraging you to go to church, you know what? Don't look at other people as your example. The only example you should be looking at is Jesus Christ. That's right. 
Amen. Because that's who we compare ourselves to. You're always going to find somebody who's fallen down. So, you know, don't give up in eternity with your creator because some people have led you astray. Right. So, Jason, I'm gonna, I want you to ask me, so what should we do about hypocrites in the church? So what should we do about the hypocrites? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. Say that again. So that's exactly, this is how we solve the problem of hypocrites in the church. We do absolutely nothing. I'm hearing crickets right now. Well, I don't have the button, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not really, the reason uh, why is, is okay, this tell is us. a biblical approach. You have to look at Matthew 13, starting at verse 24. It's called the parable of the wheat and the weeds. It says he presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and left. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. The landover's slaves, that's us, y'all, if we're Christ followers, that's us. The landowner's slaves came to him and said, Master, didn't you sow good seed, good seed in your field? And where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he told them. So do you want us to go and gather them up? The slaves asked him. No, he said. When you gather up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Mm -hmm. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and tie them in bundles and burn them. Mm -hmm. But store the wheat in my barn. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you're saying then is it's God's opportunity. God is the one who's going to separate. That's right. The good ones from the bad ones, the true Christ followers from the, you know, the goats from the sheep. The other way to look at this is somebody might start out as a weed, but through good preaching is reached. Mm -hmm. And in time they become wheat. Right. And if you start going through the church and you start trying to pluck out all this, these weeds, you might be pulling up young believers and hurting them. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because I was uh, I was reading a book by Ray Comfort this morning. It's called um, uh, Oh goodness, uh, Faith is for Faith is for Weak People. I think is the yeah. name of it. And uh, he actually did a uh, there was a chapter on why are there so many hypocrites, and he, he makes some pretty interesting points there. But he says, you know, sometimes God does stop the hypocrites. He does cast them out, and there are, there's times that he does cast them out of church, but he leaves a lot of them there too. And the reason is, is because those people, you know, where should a sick person be in the hospital? As you said earlier, if hopefully at some point they're going to hear enough, they're going to have, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to get in touch uh, with their spirit and they're, you know, they're going to give their lives to Christ. Some may not, but you're right. Some may. And so they've got to be there. Now, uh, I would say nothing may not quite be the right answer. Uh, I think, first of all, don't let them derail your train. You know, look at Christ, look at the word, stop comparing yourself to people. That's a lesson I think that all of us, especially in America, can learn. Stop comparing yourself to your neighbors. Stop comparing yourself to rich people with better things, with worse things. You know, there's always going to be somebody richer, somebody poor. There's always going to be somebody smarter, somebody stupider. There's going to be somebody, you know, um, more spiritual and some that are less spiritual. Look at Christ. So don't let hypocrites derail you. Number two, we are told, uh, and and Nathan, you actually brought this up uh, a few weeks back in Bible study, that we are to be our brother's keeper as Christ followers. So if you see people in the church that are living in ways that are not holy, we have to be careful. We should always look at our sin first. Um, you know, in fact, we, we know that Jesus uh, told the story, he said, you know, if you're, if you have a speck or if you see a speck in your neighbor's eye, make sure that you take the log out of your own 
And only then might you see clearly enough to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Um, so we really should be focused on our own sin. And maybe that should be the second, the second thing we need to learn out of this is make sure that you're looking at yourself first. Be the example. Don't be that hypocrite. In other words, live a holy life. At least aim at it. Uh, I, I, I think truly a true hypocrite uh, is one who says that they're Christ follower and then just knows, their, you know what, I'm not doing these things and I don't care. And, you know, they're not really, a lot of, a lot of hypocrites are aware of it. If you're not aware of it, then I don't know that you're a true hypocrite. You're just, you're just a person who's ignorant. being sanctified. Yeah, ignorant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't even know that you're sinning. And that's part of the sanctification process, learning and growing and knowing more. So one, don't let hypocrites derail your train. Two, don't be a hypocrite. Be the part of the solution, not part of the problem. And then thirdly, once you have yourself taken care of, look for people in your church, in the churches, and love them to health. You know, don't go looking down your nose at them. But if you see somebody that's saying they're a Christ follower and they're living in a way that is obviously not uh, not honoring Christ, not holy, go to them, you know, go to them humbly, gently, and in love and have a conversation with them and help them onto the right path. Don't look down your nose at them. Don't leave the church because of them. Because of them. Don't, you know, cuss them out or whatever that makes you just as bad as them but lovingly help them to get on the path what you're you're describing there that there's actually a process for this that's outlined in the bible called right. church discipline um if you're in the church and somebody is not doing what they're supposed to do there are appropriate ways to to address the matter and many people don't follow that that particular teaching And if you look at the churches today with all the splits in the denominations and, you know, these hypocrites are going to reveal themselves in time because they're going to seek power through the church. And when they find power because they've gathered enough of the of the hypocrites together, you're going to start to see fruit come of these churches that are full of hypocrites because they're going to be doing things that the Bible clearly says is wrong. And that's when, you know, you're attached to one of these particular churches. And if this happens there is a proper prescription for how to fix it. And if you follow that prescription and things do not get better, part of that process is it's going to tell you uh, basically to separate, that you are to separate from from that person or from that entity if they are not willing to submit to Christ and teaching. Right. And that might mean you have to find a new church. It is possible. It so is possible. Go in, go in prayer, submit to God, submit to the Holy Spirit, follow his teachings. And if you are following his teachings and you've tried to address the issue and it's not working, then if God tells you to go elsewhere, go elsewhere. But just keep in mind, uh, I think it's really important to keep in mind that there are no perfect churches. You're not going to find a church without hypocrites. You're not going to find a church without sick people. That that doesn't exist. In fact, if you tell, if uh, I've always been told if you find a perfect church, don't go there because it's not going to be perfect anymore. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, the reason the, the parable of the wheat and the tares is so important because the, weeds. the tares and the wheat look so much alike that you can't tell them apart. And at church, everybody looks like wheat. It's outside of church is when you start seeing the weeds. Yeah, absolutely. And so yep. you're not going to notice the hypocrites when you're at church. They all look the same. It's the people of the world that are looking at the so-called Christians as people of the world instead of people of the church. And that's where you see them. And so at church, you, if you are truly a Christian, 
and following Christ. You love those at your church and lead by example that Christ has set for you. And the ones that actually are the weeds may start, you may start rubbing off on them and they'll start acting more like they're supposed to, more Christ-like right. and being less of a hypocrite in the world. Right. We need to lead by example and, of course, um, try to gently nudge those who aren't doing the right thing to uh, to do the right thing, because that's what we're supposed to do as a church to to, to help each other to grow. So uh, I guess the takeaway from today is, one, don't let hypocrites keep you from doing the right thing and, and knowing Christ. Number two, make sure that you're always focused on yourself. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Number three, make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're helping those along the, the right path that are that do get off and just know this uh well and be careful just don't as you said earlier don't don't claim something that's not true if you're going to realize that if you claim to be a christ follower you may be the only jesus that somebody sees so take that very seriously yeah and self-awareness really takes a big part of this too oh yeah it's like uh there's a lot of people out there that have zero self-awareness they think a lot of people think they're better at things that they're that they are and right and the same same implies to christianity you may think that you're a great christian but you're not so really you need to take a really good look at yourself and what you do daily and how you live daily and just dissect it and say is this something that jesus would do is this a way that jesus would act and if it's not well yeah change yeah and i've said this before probably on the show but you know we we have a tendency to judge other people by their actions but we judge ourselves by our intentions and that's why we look at ourselves as being better than we really should because we we think oh well i want to do these things Mm -hmm. i i aspire to these things well but do you do them right (laughs) because if not you may be a hypocrite that's right it's like it's like Jesus, I think it was Jesus that said, take the log out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's. I, I sense, uh, what was it? Uh, you might be a redneck if, see how I was saying, you might be a hypocrite if. <laughs> right. I may be a whole new comedy routine coming up. Had <laughs> they called Jeff Foxworthy up. See if he has any <laughs> good material on that. Okay, so that's that. It was, I mean, we're running out of time. Pretty much. Um, that sounded like a good closing thought for you. Um, I don't really have any songs. Do you have any songs? <laughs> I can come up with one. I have one. All let's right. do songs. Let's we'll do songs of the week and then we'll close. So what is it time for? Songs of the week. Songs of the week. And I, I hit the right button. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Get down. Huh. All right, Nathan, what song do you have this week? So, I want to pick that song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I'm actually going to uh, follow up and uh, kind of build on what I shared with the last episode. Um, that concert from Phil Wickham kind of got to me, and there were two songs in the entire set that really spoke to me, and I shared one of them last week. Uh, that was uh, hi- hi- the Hymn of Heaven, right? The Hymn of Heaven Hymn of was Heaven. the one I covered last All week. All right. But this week... I'm going to cover the song. It's always been you. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did that. That was a good, I had, I had actually not heard that prior to the concert or the worship night. And I'm not going to read any of the lyrics. Just, just listen to the song. It's really powerful. Um, it's definitely a worship song and it'll, it'll get you in the spirit. Yeah. He even said at the concert, he said that it was kind of special to him because he said all the other songs he actually wrote for his church to use in worship. But that one, he just felt kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. 
Good song. I have uh, I have a song here that uh, is by a group called Falling Up, and it was it was off their very first album. And to this day, it always moves me. And I'm just going to read you uh, just a couple of lines here. Um, the song is called Broken Heart, and it's it, he, he's crying out in the song, and it's a rocking tune, by the way. So if you like rock, if you like guitar, it's 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 all over the place. It's awesome. But he says, Father, healer, deliver me from broken love. How much, how, how often do we see people and how many, of, uh, how many of us have been through uh, broken love situations? He says, deliver me from broken love. Stay here closer. Let me hear your voice of love. Save your redeemer. Bring me to this place of peace. Jesus, guardian my broken heart is so in need. Uh, it just describes so many people out there that don't even know they have this need for Jesus to experience perfect love. So good song called Broken Heart by Falling Up. What you got, Jason? Last but not least. My song is uh, called What a Beautiful Name. Oh, we're not playing that this week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we always tease him about the fact that he pulls it off our set list. This one is not on our set list, folks. He just pulled this out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, have you played this song before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've we played it. it we've played it. It's yeah. not this week. Not anytime recent. Um, uh, a few lyrics. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the, word, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory is in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Um, good stuff. In this is a side note. This is by Hillsong Worship. And there's a lot of criticism about churches playing Hillsong songs, Bethel songs. I just want to say that, yes, their way of teaching the word of God may, and their practices they do there, I've seen some. Um, there and is some room for criticism. There is definitely right. room for criticism. And no, I do not agree with their teaching. Um, however, <laughs> I knew it was coming. However, their the songs um, are good, and the words, their lyrics, tend to lend to the right side of the road. Um, I'll I'll add to that and say theology matters. Yeah. All right. It it does. It does mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. So if the songs are theologically aligned, right, they're good. Yeah, correct. If they are theologically not aligned. They are not. Right. Correct. I think what you're saying is that don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Bingo. <laughs> um, and the music is good. Uh, you can definitely worship God with it. And, you know, the old saying goes, chew the meat, spit out the fat. Right. Use the sermon, everything, no matter what, no matter who you're listening to or getting taught from. And so the same goes with music you listen to. And just because it comes from something that may not line up with your beliefs doesn't mean that you can't pull some good, good, certainly good stuff out of it. So certainly. So with that, uh, that's all I have. It's a close. Awesome. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, good episode. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know about you, but I sure enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, if you haven't, subscribe or hit the follow button please do we'd love to have you keep coming back for more um always come up with pretty good topics to talk about and i think people get a lot out of it so i'll also add if if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss uh find us on facebook and uh share it there and yeah. we, we'd love to hear your your thoughts and uh 
we may very well pick your topic next. Absolutely. And uh, exactly at Facebook, we have a Facebook page for the Love of God podcast Facebook page. You can go in there and we can discuss uh, topics that you've heard on the thing or... Um, or if you'd like to taste a particular food and you would like uh, <laughs> Chef Jason to make it for us. If you need a uh, recipe. I mean, granted, we'd have to eat it, but, you know, please uh, just send us your recommendations and we'd love to taste it and tell you how it was. You got to be careful with that, Pastor Rick. As, as a guy who's been to the Philippines, they love to encourage you to try balut and you do not want to try balut. I see. <laughs> well, I may or may not eat your He said he was a good chef. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodnight, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everybody.